What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell there. Howard Beck in the cut. Motherfucking Mondays. We are back from Vegas. Well, I am back at least. Raja's been back for some time. How's everybody doing? I am very, very tired. What's going on? I'm great. I didn't go to Vegas, so I'm I'm wide awake. Hey. <laughs> I had a rough I had a rough day on my twelve hour turnaround the next day, but I'm I'm feeling pretty good now. What was your how 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 rough was your was your turnaround, Raja? Well, no, I mean, I would fly out to Vegas for the for the evening, right? And then had a like an 8 a.m. flight the next morning coming back. So when I got home, like I was a little out of sorts the next morning, but I'm good now. Good okay. weekend. All right. Okay. <laughs> How was your weekend, Howard? Pretty mellow, fellas. Pretty mellow. Uh, hung out at home, watched some NBA tournament action Saturday night, some cup, and uh yeah, enjoyed uh, not having any NBA to watch. On, I kind of like, I know this is heresy, guys. We had two straight Sundays with no NBA games, which meant I didn't feel like I had to watch basketball. Like, watching basketball is great, but we watch a bazillion hours a season. I kind of like the days where I could just be like, hey, let's pull up a movie or something. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. I watched a little morning show last night after the after the football game. It was pretty good. It was it was vibe, you know? The Eagles morning didn't show, show up, but morning show what's, did. What's that? Is that um, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Reese Witherspoon? It's good. Is it worth it? Uh, Adam Carell. Yeah, it's great. It's very triggering if you are in the media. Um, I don't know if Howard has watched it, but it's you know, no, it's, it's, we, we've we, yeah, we've 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 watched all. What was it? Two seasons now? Three? Whatever it's been. Three. Yeah. First, yeah, yeah. first season was really good. It's been fine. I I, okay. I thought it, like 
it's good. It's a good, solid show. It's it's not top of the list. Okay, for sure. Well, let's get back to Vegas. Um, the Lakers are the champions of the league for the moment. Uh, the in-season tournament NBA Cup champions. Um, it was a good event. I had a blast. Uh, but it seemed like, and I, and I don't want to get your opinion on this to start, Howard. It seemed like a a boon for the NBA for everything that they want to do in their future. Like a bri- they, it felt like they were building a bridge to where they want to go, right? Where they want to have the expansion team. They also want to, uh, you know, pitch themselves to for the next uh, TV deal from someone that's three thousand miles away, but a lot of uh, you know inroads in the league. Howard, what did you think about this on a scale of one ten? What would you give this weekend and for the NBA's prospects towards this future? How do they do this weekend? So do you want to focus just specifically on like this final couple rounds or the yeah. final, the championship as opposed to the tournament broadly? Yes. So look, um, I haven't seen what the ratings were and, and I'm not a big ratings guy. I don't, I'm not sure I care. Like obviously the, the league needs people to watch, but I would say the, the thing that to me struck me as a success Saturday night in particular with the championship game, it was a good game. It was a, a hard fought game. It was played. I thought at a pretty high level, obviously the Pacers struggled a little bit. Um, they're a younger team that, Hey, look, we're like the Lakers are a team that has real championship aspirations for next spring. The Pacers it's, it's very early in their cycle. I, I didn't expect it necessarily was going to be um, the best we would ever see of, of, of Tyrese Halliburton and those guys, but it was a good game. And the, the, the vibes were there, right? You were in the build, you guys were in the building. So, you know, or at least uh, Logan was in the building. Like it came through on TV. This felt like a playoff game. Um, like for all of the skepticism I have had about like, how much does this matter? How much does it matter to the players, to the teams, to the fans, the intensity level of the championship game in particular. And I would say even most of the knockout games, <laughs> the Pelicans notwithstanding, uh, the Pelicans showed up just to to be the exception that proved the rule. Everybody really cares about this thing, except I guess apparently Zion Williamson, who like I'm I'm ready to just like check out now. Um, but otherwise, like the if you wanted this to make it feel like regular season games had a little bit higher stakes, more intensity, I think that worked, and I think the championship uh, championship game was great. I mean, I still look at it as like, I don't know really what it meant for LeBron to hold up that cup. I don't know what that cup means. We won't be talking about it after today's podcast. It will we'll stop. We won't talk about it again until next October because it's really not that significant. But mission accomplished in that everybody acted like it mattered. So it mattered. If we all believe it matters, it's a psychological exercise. If we all believe it matters, then it matters. The players treated it like it mattered. They played at a higher level. Fans were then on board. The game was exciting. I, I, as a basketball matter, I've got nothing to, you know, no, no criticism, no complaints. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. Um, I would, I would add that, um, you know, what I personally was looking for was, and I was wrong. I said no one would be popping champagne in a locker room after winning that, <laughs> but they were. And and Michelob Ultra. I was in <laughs> yeah. the hallway. It was. It was. It was championship light for sure. They were way more excited than I thought they would be. Wait, wait championship light yeah. or championship light? L I T E. Light. L I T E. Both. Both. Oh, there we go. Oh. Yes. But, uh, but, yes. um, yeah. So that's what I would add. I agree with everything Howard said. And I would add, I was looking to see how the players would react to actually winning it after 
you know, the stakes were raised. That's one thing to be in the middle of, of a competition. Like I've told you, it doesn't take a lot to, to incentivize NBA players to compete or, or professional athletes. It's just what you're wired to do. So in the heat of that, when you're playing the game, you're going to be competing. What you act like after you won it was going to be interesting to me. And they celebrated at least, you know, to a certain degree. And I think that, you know, that kind of supports what Howard said in terms of if it, if it means something to everybody, then it means something. So, you know, it's ne- it's, it's always, everyone's always looking for a reason to go to Vegas. Vegas hand- handled and represented themselves well. I think that was a, that was a win for the NBA. Like that's, you know, first year of the cup um, to have the level of competition that you did for most of it, to have the celebratory, like, you know, LeBron James popping champagne on his younger teammates. Like after, like, I think that was, that was one big win for the NBA. Now, I, I also agree that it's a wrap and I don't know ultimately, you know, how much of a storyline it is after today, but as far as the cup itself, the way guys went after it, making a footprint and introducing it to the world, win. How important, and we're talking, obviously going to talk about LeBron. He was the MVP of the tournament, but like, Howard, how important was his buy-in from the start for the overall success of this tournament, right? Like, he took it seriously. I thought about even um, the game on Thursday where he's taking charges. He's ta- he is, he is playing, he played really hard, as hard as that I've seen him play all season, right? But the buy-in from him, and by extension, the Lakers winning this title, the you know the the league's most glamorous franchise, one of the the most one of the most storied franchises in the league. How important it was for all those things to happen in unison for this first tournament, because it's not going to be like this every year, right? The Lakers aren't at least it, it, the math doesn't check out that they're going to win the tournament every year or be have the star power this time every year. How important was it this first year off for LeBron and the Lakers? to take it serious for the league. Huge, huge. And by the way, the downside of that is, and you just alluded to it, Logan, the downside is a lot of the reason we were all really excited about the game Saturday night is because it involved LeBron James. Like LeBron James, no matter whether you love him or don't love him, no matter where he's been, Miami, Cleveland, LA, whatever, like it's a given. If LeBron is playing in a, in a high stakes game, we are watching. And the average fan, this is a really important point. Casual fans, would casual fans have tuned in Saturday night? And would we all be as excited about the NBA Cup if it had been like Pelicans Pacers or Wolves Magic? And so I'm just saying like in a different (laughs) scenario, right? If those would be the team like those. Oh, Howard, hold on. (laughs) Logan, what what kind of face was that? That was was a steak face, dog. I didn't want to see that. Yo, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. From a view, viewing, watching experience, I probably told you this, Roger, in Vegas. I was like, if the Pelicans play the Pacers, dog, I I don't know if I can. I don't know. I might just go home. <laughs> all right. One, we need a screen cap of, of Logan's face and just stick that on all the social media channels to highlight Absolutely. this segment. Two, I think this is the weakness in the whole argument. While everyone is raving and, oh, what a great success. The Lakers were one very questionable timeout away from not making it to the NBA Cup final, right? Or to the uh, semifinals, for that matter. Um, And LeBron won't be around forever, we think. Well, someday he might actually retire. So what was the final going to be if it like? And by the way, from a basketball standpoint, the Timberwolves, I don't mean to diss them. The Timberwolves and Magic are good, fun, young, rising teams. 
The Timberwolves have a shot at making a really deep run in the West. Magic, not so much in the East, but these are good teams with good young players and stars on them. And sure, Anthony Edwards would put on a show. Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro could put on a show. Um, But it wouldn't have felt as important or as fun or as intriguing or pulled in as many of the casual fans without LeBron James. So that to me underscores kind of the the weakness or potential weakness of this, because we wouldn't be sitting here raving about this on a Monday morning if the Lakers don't make it. And LeBron taking charge, like LeBron had people like the stats and info people at ESPN, like running to the archives to figure out the last time he took three charges in a half of a game or whatever. I saw somebody tweeting out the stat like it had been a long time. That's great. That's cool. LeBron set the tone and credit to LeBron and the Lakers uh, for doing so. Um, but yeah, and, and look, all that notwithstanding, the good thing is this next year when it's maybe not the Lakers and not LeBron, the bar has been set guys. I, I LeBron James, the greatest player of this generation and one of the, the probably two greatest, three greatest, whatever of all time, depending on where you are in that debate. I have set the tone. I have set the bar. This is what we do. This is how we treat this tournament. And, and that I think is good for the rest of the league because it, it gave them all something to shoot for. Raja, when I was I was talking to a few people like pregame on Saturday, and one of the consensus that we got was how perfect of a tournament this is for LeBron James, and that he's only he's playing seven games that he has to play hard in. Right, he has some a carrot in front of in like in front of him to to win something, and it's early in the season. How did that manifest him, itself in your eyes on the court when he's playing? Right, where it's it's it is early in the season. But he, when the lights are on, you've been around him. We've seen him play. What does that do to him? And how did that manifest on the court during this uh, in-season tournament? At least uh, in the, in, over the weekend. Well, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty simple for LeBron. Um, you, you just you don't have to regulate yourself when when you know that it's seven games. You're not you're not getting deep into a to a seven game series, and it's it's not going to potentially take you know, uh, I don't know, 16 wins, you know, over the course of however many games to get a championship. Like it's definitive. It's seven of them, right? So you don't have to pace your way through it and worry about having something maybe, you know, the next, not tonight, but two nights from now. And then having something in reserve when you catch that flight to X, Y, and Z, and you got to play two games there. Like it's, it's a lot easier for him at this point in the season with what he's got in the tank versus late season. Once that tank is already empty and then not knowing how many games you're going to have to get in a series to win it, right? That one game scenario, it's a lot more definitive for him and it allows him to go out there and and really lay it all out there in a way that he might not be able to do every night in a, in a, in a, at least in theory, seven game series. What did you, when it, it was just interesting to see him be able to do that. Cause it seemed like there was like just a chip on his shoulder from, from the, from the jump start. I don't know if it was Zion Williamson, the first game and maybe wanted to send the message to the rest of the league that the Pelicans ain't what we think they are. I don't know what it was, but it seemed like there was some drummed up interest from LeBron. The NBA season is back, and you can get in on all the buzzer beaters, ankle breakers, and tomahawk jams with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Let's look at some of the games. Wizards, Sixers. Wow. I think I'm going to take the over, but it's not going to be pretty. Let's look at Pacers, Pistons. I think I'm going to take the under. Nuggets, Hawks. I think I'm going to take the over on that. 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. With live same-game parlays, you can find bets on the Explore tab. You can dive into the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Well, here's a real question, Roger. I got two words for you. Anthony Davis. Oh boy, don't come on. Okay. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Forty one points, twenty rebounds, and five assists. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He Owned the the, the 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 game from the onset on Saturday. All I could think about was talking to you about this very subject. What were your thoughts on the game, on his game in particular? <laughs> How did you feel? Oh, you're, just, you're just trying I'm to set me up. Okay. Yeah, you know I am. You know the vibes. When you of heard course. The, you know what it was. But there's, there's no setup. He is who he is. He's great. When he's great. Like, I mean, the Lakers don't win a championship a couple years ago without AD being great. Like he was great. He was great in the in the final of the cup game. Like, but he'll also turn around and be great in a first half and go absolutely radio silent in a second half of a game that you that you really need him to be good in. And so the inconsistencies are what trigger me with AD. I know he's a great player. Shit. Anybody, any idiot can watch him play and, and, and say, Jesus Christ, how do you defend that? Like, how, what do you do with a guy that's that long and athletic with that type of skill set? Like, that, I concede all of that. Like, I am not taking anything away from, from what he is as a physical player. I simply worry about, you know, um, overall health with him because, I mean, his track record gives me reason to worry about that. And secondly, I worry about the mindset. And I think that's fair. Like, I mean, if you're an AD fan, like, I I hear you. You probably don't love hearing me say that. But I think a lot of people would agree. Like, you just, I don't know that I trust it. It was a little tough to see the I'm him after the the layup. And I'm just like, I need need him to be there more consistently. I need him to, I need him to be like this. Of course, and I don't stretch, right? I don't begrudge him that. Like shit, tell everybody you're him. Like let me know. I'm I'm with that. Like you deserved it. You earned it. Get let him know. Let me know. But at the same time, like if we're being honest, there've been a there've been a you know, enough times where y- you haven't been there that that would give us pause for you being the number 1 on a franchise that we cheer for and want to win championships. And I, I think both of those things are true. What did you think when you saw the performance, HB? Um, phenomenal, amazing, awesome performance and reminds us why Anthony Davis was good enough to be not only a guy who we talked about as a perennial, a potential perennial MVP candidate, even going back to his days in New Orleans, 
and talked about for a long time as a top 10 guy. And he kind of falls in and out of that because Anthony Davis, just part of it is health. Part of it is just whatever it, it, it like the, the, the intensity level just kind of waxes and wanes. Right. And, you know, this is a guy who made the top 75 team and, and I was one of the voters for that. And he was on my ballot. And there've been multiple times in the last few years where I've gone, uh, I think I might want that one back. You know, it, we we did that that exercise a year after the, the Lakers won the championship. Somebody made a really interesting point. I can't remember who it was, or I would credit them. But you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, all the energy they brought to the knockout games last week comes after like there were the there was that big gap of of days off. Everybody got a rest before the quarterfinals and semifinals. It was a light week overall. Like they were fresh. And a similar argument, by the way, that they said about the bubble in the bubble. So that's exactly what I was getting to this. So this is the point that somebody else, like I said, had I'd heard somebody make this in the last couple of days. And it's a really it's a fair point. Like those guys, again, this is not to throw asterisks on anything. The cup isn't even important enough to put an asterisk on. But the bubble thing, I'm not putting an asterisk on. They did have all these all this time off for two perpetually injured guys to get healthy. And especially at the late stages of LeBron's career. And so this was a similar situation where, yeah, they got to really like treat it as if this was all or nothing, as if the fate of the world depended on winning one game. And that's a harder thing to sustain over 82 games. It's a harder thing to sustain through four rounds of best of seven, um, which is why, by the way, I don't know if we're going there with this, but like if anybody's trying to draw conclusions from the cup and the tournament itself, please don't. Like the Pacers are a team on the rise and they showed it and we, but we knew that anyway, with or without going to the yeah. cup final, we knew they were a team on the rise. It do, they're not contenders now because they made the finals of the cup. The Lakers, we already knew that given good health and chemistry, we're going to be in the mix in the West and potentially could make a run to the finals. And we already knew that with or without the cup. So I just, I, I plead with people, do not ascribe too much meaning to anything we just saw. It was interesting, Rosidus, to hear that narrative. Like, you heard it even in, like, in Vegas itself. Like, I don't know how many times I got the question, both on the air and off the air, about are the Indiana Pacers a contender in the in the Eastern Conference? And I was like, the Sixers are out there? They're the, the Bucks. I mean, I know they beat the Bucks, but come on Celtics. now. Like, the Celtics? There are a lot of teams. Just, that's just in the Eastern Conference? The Can heat? we just relax? The Heat? Like... They haven't even done anything. They have not done anything whatsoever. Like, what do you think? As a player, what did you see from just – what did that tell you about the current media landscape well, that we oh, are in cur- when you when you kept – I know you heard it too. Yeah, we're – I mean, listen, our our media landscape now, everyone's a prisoner at the moment. Like, we're all we're – all, I mean, if you play a great game, you're, you're a top 10 player to ever do it. If you have a bad game a couple games later, like – you don't deserve an NBA contract. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's that's the world we live in. It's just the pendulum swings so far, you know, from one side to the other. It's ridiculous. But I I like the Pacers. I'm putting the Pacers right where I thought the Pacers and a fun, exciting team. If you're in a one game scenario with the Pacers and they are shooting the ball well, it is a scary thing. They're the type of team you don't want to see in a one game scenario. For that reason, they get hot. And if they get hot and and all things are firing and you know on all cylinders that night, you could re- really be in trouble. Even if you play your best, right? But over the course of seven, like trying to navigate and keep the guns ablaze for twenty eight games or twenty two games on the course to trying to win sixteen, I don't believe in that because they don't defend well enough yet. Now they tapped in at times and defended a little bit better when I was watching, but but 
again, man, like that, that doesn't, that, that doesn't happen not to be that, that bad defensively, at least statistically. Um, even if your offense is as good as it is, you got to defend. And so I think that as the game, again, it's this old curmudgeon shit. It doesn't slow down the way it used to slow down in the playoffs, but it still slows down. You know, as their pace gets chopped away at, as people start really locking in and really game planning in a way that that stymies some of the shit you want to do, albeit there are times where they don't do a lot, so it's hard to game plan for a mother just running down and just whop. Like it's it's not as easy to like kind of map out a defensive strategy, but but they will in a way that they don't get to over the course of like a regular season. I, I just think it's it it becomes exponentially more difficult for them to 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 win win games. And I'm not saying they can't win in a playoff, but they ain't winning no championship. Absolutely not. It's just interesting because when I did look at the Pacers, they're so well coached, though, right? Like they always are always going to be in it. Like a guy like Rick Carlisle um, is one of the best that we've ever seen. My question, though, Roger, like in a playoff scenario to what you just said about um, playing against a team like the the Bucks or playing against a team like the Celtics, what would that do in a series with those two guys? And how will it, how will their youth manifest in a series like that because on the one hand I feel like if you put those two teams together Rick Carlisle is the better coach however it doesn't really matter because the, uh, they're playing against more talented teams but how does that that manifest in a playoff series when you have those two things coming together well I mean I I really don't know I would just say that you know Rick Carlisle Rick Carlisle is a great coach and he'll have he'll have them prepared um, but Rick Carlisle don't go out there and play the damn games. And so I'm not taking anything away from, I mean, Bruce Brown has playoff experience. There are players over there on the Pacers that have real playoff experience. I'm not saying that they, that they don't, but generally speaking, when you have a team that's less experienced in those moments um, versus a team that's got more experience and talent is relatively even, I'm trusting, I'm trusting the dudes who have been there. I'm trusting the ones that know what it's like Three and a half minutes to go. Yeah, we want to get up and down and fire these shots at will. We're up four trying to nurse a lead that's dwindling. And and somebody has the experience to come down on that one possession after we've given up maybe five straight points and have missed a few threes and just not take the, the bait. I'm, temp- I'm tempted to shoot this three. If it goes in, I'm a hero. And if I don't, I miss I mean, I'm a, I'm a villain and I shot it anyway because I'm young and I don't know no better and damn it, we lost the game. Not saying that that's the play that lost lost it for us, but those are the situations in which like, I trust experience more, Logan. You know what I mean? I trust dudes who know, hey, bro, this is a critical possession just inherently because they've been in it over and over again. I'm not supposed to shoot this one. Or let me put my head down and, and get that shit back you know, to the other side of the floor and see if we can get it back to Giannis or one of our better ones on the other side. Let's see if we can get to the free throw line real quick and get an easy one. Slow this shit down. Like, let's not let them fly back down the other way. Just little things. And again, they're fun. They get it up and down. If they're, if they're shooting the ball well and, 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 and you're not, they're going to beat you. But I, I just think in a, in a playoff scenario with a, a good team, a talented team, even if Rick Carl- Carlisle is a slightly better coach, I, I'm taking I'm taking the more experienced team with championship pedigree. Howard, what did Tyrese Halliburton do for himself over the weekend? And how many league executives are just falling at the mouth, just very excited about having a 
a potential face of the franchise on the biggest stage in that way and having a team like the Indiana Pacers at least have some success or really good success in this tournament. If we were like making a list of the the great successes or the the best things about what we just saw in the NBA tournament, like LeBron, we just covered at length that he's like top line. I think number two is probably the fact that Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers got national TV exposure, right? Like we all knew Tyrese Halliburton was a budding star and probably, you know, plenty of even casual fans might've known, but the Pacers have had almost no national TV. Exp- like this has been written about Tyrese Halliburton, even in the offseason, was talking about like, I, I want to be on national TV. And I think they were scheduled for one TNT game before the season. And now they just got a couple of extra national spots last week because of this run. So like Halliburton has leveled up this season. It's made the Pacers that much more fun and exciting and competitive and this tournament run got them on national TV. So that exposure is great. And like, you know, look, it's this like real struggle for the league constantly. Like they want stars in small markets because they need the small markets to thrive too. But then they don't promote them as much. They don't put them on national TV as much. And that's understandable too, because yeah, of course you're going to always lean into more Steph, more LeBron, more Kevin Durant on national TV. Um, so like, Tyrese Halliburton basically just forced his way onto the national stage in a in a big way. And he was awesome. Um, Saturday night notwithstanding, obviously not not his best showing, but um, and he's such a great dude, right? Like, like his just his personality. You can just see, like, this guy must be great to play with, great in the locker room, um, just a, a, a really great demeanor. Um, and yeah, like that's good for the league. Like the league, as Steph and LeBron and KD are are getting closer to aging out. Yeah, they need guys like Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, and, and some of the younger generation to to step into that void. And um, yeah, Halliburton's going to be a great face of the league uh, eventually when when the older guys do move on. So I, I love the fact that the Pacers had this moment. Again, it doesn't make them contenders in the spring. It's too soon for that. They haven't been in the playoffs in like four years. This group together never has. They've got massive defensive problems. They're 28th in the NBA in defensive rating. Um, Miles Turner's a, a, a really nice shot blocker, but not necessarily a, an overall like defensive anchor at center. And he just, you know, obviously got his and ass handed to him by Anthony Davis. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know what, you know what, you know what's interesting about that. Like, and and I'm not, I still wouldn't project them to win win a championship or be representing in the Eastern Conference Finals. But, but I could see a world, and hopefully this is the case, where Indiana themselves as a team, even though you're confident as hell and you're 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 playing the way you're playing they might even think they were playing with house money at this point and a year ahead of schedule and you get to the finals of something like like the cup and maybe that maybe that clicks in with some of them hey look guys we're closer than we thought we might be this year maybe it gives rick carlisle you know some ammunition to go in and be like all right guys look if you didn't think if you didn't think i was on the money with this before hear me now like we're close yeah Look! Look what we just did with 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 very with very little defense. Look what we just did. If we can just buy in fractionally more than we are and go from twenty eighth to fifteenth or eighteenth, like you know, we're closer and closer. Like maybe that's maybe this is something that kind of kickstarts and, and gets them to understand that. I, I don't know. I'm just looking for a silver lining for them because they are exciting and they're fun as shit to watch on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, that is I enjoy watching them play in a way that. You know, I can't say for every team in the league, right? But but you just got to be better on that defensive end, and hopefully, getting this close to something and then having it kind of taken out from under you early is is what a young team could use to kind of 
lock in a little bit more on that end. Raja, um, if you let's say you won the, I'm putting you on the Lakers right now. Um, say if you just won the, the in season tournament, um, are you excited about a banner going up? Are you excited about the <laughs> ring ceremony? How do you Bro. feel? What are your thoughts? <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't think I necessarily have a thought about any of that. I mean, if, if I was, if I was the same Raja that played, um, in, in the capacity that I played on every team in the league, I'd be more concerned with when, when's my 500 K coming in. I'm gonna need that. I ain't really worried about no banner. Or no I ring. need I'm my need money that, on time. I <laughs> need that check. Do we get the lump sum or we, are we parsing this out over a few checks? Like, let me get it. I need I, the bag. I, I have a compromise position here. Because uh. I think we all agree, like raising a banner for this thing would be kind of silly. You, you can raise like a dish towel. How about that? <laughs> Little dish <laughs> towel that just has the cup on it. Says put something in the locker room. I'm yeah, just so. Fine. I was yeah. having that conversation. I think with Jomi, right? It's specifically with the Lakers, right? If you put like one patch or whatever on wherever you put your banners, and you just put the years you won the in season tournament, I would. We were talking about maybe that. But also, like, even if you rack up hella in-season tournament wins, right, and you for the Lakers, and you don't have any, like, actual championships, that's probably going to be more annoying than anything, right? Howard, I mean, you've been in L.A. How would that, how would that look? That would look real clipperish. I don't, I don't want to try to speak for the Lakers organization or Laker fans, but having covered that organization, I cannot imagine anybody there thinks that this is something worth raising a banner for next to your 17 actual championship banners. You know, it told me everything I needed to know about how they feel about the in-season tournament. Jeannie Buss wasn't even there to 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 accept the trophy. She <laughs> she put Joey there, who I hadn't seen in years. I, I'm not sure I'd ever heard Joey Buss speak on TV. He probably did for one of those championships or something. One of the I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, but yeah. Um. Uh, by the way, though, I love the fact that the trophy just went straight to the players. No disrespect to the people who have shelled out hundreds of millions and billions of dollars for these franchises. Nobody wants to hear from the owner on the night of a championship. You didn't win it. The players did. The whole, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole convention of handing trophies to team owners and then eventually getting to the players who actually won the damn thing is just so obnoxious. And again, much respect to all those people. Well, some of them more than others. But I get it. And that's part of the fun of being able to own a franchise is to have a moment like that. But it's not about you. It's not about you. You you mm. you you cut the checks. Cool. Um, I, we want to hear from the players and, and and the coach. But that's it. Yeah, I'm still checking my direct deposit, dog. I'm gonna need that 500k. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm need that, bro. Hey, listen. I, I do you know how? Ex- Let's man, get it right. right. Man, when you're a minimum player, and I know this. I, granted, before I say it, let me preface it by saying I. I get that this is a like make believe world. Um, I don't live in that world any longer. So trust me, I understand when I'm going to say these numbers and, and how crazy it sounds, but I'm going to say it anyway because this was my experience. When, when you are at the time an, an NBA like minimum guy, it was like, I don't know, $400,000 or something like that when I played. It's like 1.1 for, for a one year guy now, but it was like 400K. Like for the dudes in that locker room that were with me at minimum level, when they would just come around with licensing checks, licensing checks were like name, image, and likeness. Like, you know, they use your name in a video game or they're selling, you know, we all, we all participate in that. Like, it's not like LeBron gets more 
from a license and check because he sells more jerseys. Like it's collective. So we all participate. So they come around and they drop like two checks. I think it was a year for like 25 K a check. It was, it was pandemonium. Was like Christmas. What? For, for like, don't let me be on my 10 day. Like, you, you know, like, you, and, and, and well, it's 10 day. I wouldn't have got it, but I, I, it doesn't matter. But yes. So what I'm saying is like, I know I'm talking about that 500 K, but for, for a dude making what he's making in a lot of instances, right? That guy making 1.1, 1. 1, he's not sure whether this is a one year, like living a dream type of scenario for him. If he'll ever get a chance to do this again, it's not like he's penciling in making 1.1 1. 1 for a career. Like he's probably been in other leagues where he didn't make a lot. And, you know, he's just really excited to be there. So when, when he gets a chance to make 500K on top of that 1.1, 1. 1, oh my God. And so I really, I'm telling you, like, I wouldn't be worried about no banners, wouldn't be about no rings. I would literally be looking at that, that account like, yo, did it clear yet? I'm going to need to know when it comes did you, shed, did you shed thug tears all Saturday night just for that alone? Hey, well, I mean, I could put myself in those dudes' shoes, man. Like, again. Because what LeBron said was real on that stage, bro. Like, yo. I, he did it for the for the for for the others. Like yes. obviously he won five hundred K too, but it was for his little homies on the team. Story time. I was with the Sixers, right? I'm with the Sixers that year. I had been signed by San Antonio for a fully guaranteed contract. They did not keep me, right? So I was I I think it was like three seventy five. They kicked me back to the to the CBA. Um, where so I was good on the bread, right? Anything. You were good on the bread. Yeah, the, the money is okay. fully guaranteed. So they got to pay me, but they kept Derek Dial. So that's the year I catch on with the Sixers. And at the time, I was kind of lightweight doubling up because you had, you know, what I was making from the Spurs, but the Sixers got to pay me the 10 day. So I, I, I hit two 10 days at the end of the season. Now we're in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, you're not getting paid. So I'm, I'm playing for free and practicing for free, so to speak. Like, do you know what I mean? Not really, because I got the my full year from from San Antonio, but I don't know what this is worth to me because in the playoffs, it goes off of a share. Right, right. Right? Playoff so like share, yep. playoff shares. So I'm I'm saying this to say that as we got done, and I didn't play a lot in those playoffs at all for the Sixers. Like people probably I played in game seven and I played in the finals a bit, but the reality was I didn't play a lot in those in those playoffs. But man, when those dudes gave me a full share of the playoff bread for a number one seed in the Eastern Conference and a finals representative, oh my God. Like, I, it was, I mean, it was just as cool as, as, as getting, it was damn near as much as I made that whole entire year. So that, that was crazy. So when LeBron says he's doing it for those dudes, like, I do feel that because yeah. like, you know, Aaron McKeon, Allen Iverson and Dikembe and whoever voted on whether they needed to give me a full share. Again, I told you I was there for two 10 days before the playoffs started. They didn't have to give me a full share. That sh- I, I did feel that. Hey, man, you did it. You did it. That, that helped your career out. You was doing pretty good, right? Because you, you got the Spurs money, you got the playoff share, and you got signed by the Sixers that, that summer too? L- life was good. Oof. What's the most <laughs> you ever made in a year, Raja? Oh, man. Was it five? five? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so you got like five. what was the mid level back then or something? Yeah, a little less than that. I think. I yeah. think Phoenix. Yeah, it was. It was. It was around five. That 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 deal I signed in Phoenix to leave Utah were my were my best years. 
that's the one that sets you up for for I don't want to say for life necessarily, but that's the one that like that's your big pay. Like after all the minimum deals or whatever, like that yeah. that's the one that like said, all right, cool, I'm good. Like I, if if I my MBA career only lasts another year or two, I'm good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've I've done well enough to figure something. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we're good, we're good. Sure. And then and then, but that's that's why, quite frankly, Howard, like when it was time to come back to Miami, I I, you know that I still had a little bit of earning potential left so i i i had to pick between between two teams that were going to offer me a little bit more than the minimum because i had played for the minimum my whole career before basically phoenix you know so i couldn't chase the championship on the way out the way some guys get a chance to yeah couldn't chase the, the, the champ you had to chase the check and i respect you chase, chase that mortgage bro you know the vibes <laughs> let's take a quick break and i want to talk about lebron and Bronny. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. And we are back. Transitions are back. We are here, Raja. Um, there wasn't a lot of ba- there wasn't any basketball professionally yesterday, but the biggest story in hoops was LeBron attending Bronny's first game at USC. Now, a really good story. I'm really happy that Bronny's back on the floor, as I'm sure everybody else on the panel is. But Howard, I want to start with you on this. How was the league bracing? for the power play that LeBron is about to use to get his son on the same team as him, even if it's for a game. And how is that, how is that ultimately going to work out in your eyes? Wow. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I, I will just say that this is, in my recollection, and I, I'm pretty sure I could just say this for, without that qualifier, I don't think there's any precedent for this. There just isn't. Right. Like you think about the all time greats, especially the all time of the all time greats. Kareem, uh, you know, uh, whether it was Bill Russell, Michael, Kobe, Shaq, Tim Duncan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Like we haven't had a second generation guy who was even on the radar, really, to say, oh, that guy's coming. And oh, by the way, dad wants to stick around long enough to play. Like none of this is none of this has happened before. And and LeBron is like the one guy who not only has the ability because of, of just the, the power he holds, the influence he holds to probably manipulate some things uh, when the time comes, but also has the longevity to stick around long enough and has a son whose talent, as far as we can tell, is good enough. Now, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it to the scouts and the draft experts to tell me where Bronny eventually is going to chart out because it's been all over the map the last couple of years as he's made his way toward college, right? First, it was, ah, he's even he's a marginal second round pick, or he may not even be drafted. And now it's and now I see a little bit more uh, enthusiasm about his his potential. But like, how good is he really? I, I, do we know? 
Um, and I didn't see the game yesterday. Uh, and it's his first game, you know, playing since the, the, the heart thing. So like, I, I wouldn't want to judge that anyway. Um, but when the day comes and it's coming soon, how far does LeBron go to try to manipulate things? Like I, there's only so much he can do, but there's plenty teams could do to try to curry favor if they think he's even available. Um, so the idea that they're actually going to play together, I think still might be a little far-fetched unless it's the worst case scenario on the talent side, which is if he's just not good enough, like we've seen there's plenty of examples of teams signing brothers and others, uh, you know, friends, Hello, Milwaukee whatever. Bucks. Hello, Milwaukee Bucks. But like, you know, uh, the Knicks signing Chris Smith, J.R. Smith's brother <laughs> was a rather extreme example once upon a time. Um, uh, would the Lakers just sign Bronny if he goes undrafted? Yeah, that seems like a given. But if it's anywhere else, I don't know what it means. Raja, you are on the other side of this. You're playing. You're back in the NBA, and you're you got Bronny and LeBron on the schedule. You're in that game. How are you approaching that? Are you checking Bronny full court? What are you doing? What's going on? How are you? How are you going to play that? <laughs> am I am I checking Bronny? No, I mean I don't know. I don't. First of all, I don't know. I don't think I would. I mean, I wouldn't be out there trying to prove a point against Bronny, trying to hate on anybody or anything like that. I don't. I don't know. I I, I know. I could speak more maybe from a dad's perspective than than an opponent, just because you know there have been a few times that I've gotten a chance to go out and hoop with with my sons. This, this obviously not in an NBA setting. This is just like at the park or something like that. And there is not a cooler feeling in the world. I mean, I I. I have pride dripping from my pores when I sit in the stands and watch them play. You know, like that's a pretty cool experience. But being able to share a field and a court with them, being out there doing it with them, you know, being able to uh, assist them or something like like there's nothing cooler than that. So I don't I don't know what kind of player he is. I, I don't I haven't broken down his game and stuff like that. But as a dad, um, if I were LeBron, I'd do everything I could too. Like shit as much as i've given to this league that let's take it back full circle to the in season tournament like lebron's collaboration with the league in that regard and, and just basically saying yeah i got you i'll play as hard as i can like i'm going to go after this in a way that shows everybody that this is a real thing like hey by the way don't forgive me on the expansion side but hey i'm i'm working here like y'all y'all owe me this yeah you damn right i'm calling in every favor I'm leveraging every leveraging every relationship to get Bronny out there. If I have to, not saying that Bronny ain't good enough to do it on his own, but if he has to, I, I'm good with that. Have we ever seen anybody this powerful as a player, Howard? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I'm like 12, so you know, you've seen a lot more <laughs> basketball than me. Uh, <laughs> you, I mean, the obvious. Um name that comes to mind is Michael Jordan and, and Michael had his own sort of, of uh, power at the time, but it's different because of, of the times that we're living in, right? Like player empowerment hadn't happened yet. And part of that is because of LeBron, actually he created, he created this. So stars have more juice now than they did anyway. And they also do partially because the league is just financially in such a, a, a different place, right? Like Jordan topped out at his last couple seasons, making 33 and a half, million which was i think more than the salary cap or, or around the, the like if that were the case now lebron james would be making what like 125 million for somebody to make the entire cap jordan basically made the entire cap 
um, and 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 could and, and never never went beyond that. Guys now, after you know their second contract, if you're a superstar, you've already now made if not tens of millions, hundreds of millions, and just the authority that even comes with that. LeBron James is talking about owning a, an expansion team at some point. By the way, uh, great off the cuff uh, by Adam. So that, although Adam probably Phenomenal. had all the time in the world to workshop that he one. He practiced right? that. He definitely he, practiced that yeah, for sure. He knew that he looked was coming. He looked in the mirror and practiced that. Jo- yeah, joking about that the MVP trophy or the trophy doesn't come with an expansion team. Sorry, LeBron. That was that was good. Good, <laughs> good job, Adam. That's pretty good. Um, but LeBron's actually in a position to do that despite the fact that franchises are now worth a minimum of a billion each because LeBron has made a shit ton of money both on and off the court. That... You know, all the power that accrues to him, part of it's financial, part of it's his, his status within the game, everything he's accomplished, everything that he means to the league. All of that said, Logan, to back to your question, like, I don't I don't know that that means unless again, if he's if the LeBron is still a Laker and Bronny is on the board at a, at a moment when the Lakers wouldn't be passing up some outstanding talent who's who's miles better than him, they could just take him. To do right by LeBron. If he doesn't get drafted, they could sign him to a free agent contract just to do right yeah. by LeBron. But if, it, but if, it, but any other team, whatever LeBron's power and authority and importance is, I don't know that any other team has some obligation or some need to sign Bronny unless they somehow think that is a way to curry favor with LeBron because they think they might get him in free agency. And even then, per usual, we're, we'd be talking about a handful of teams at most. I don't think, I don't think that, I don't think that. I don't think that it's going to get to that point. I think what's going to happen is the Lakers are going to sign Bronny to like a two-way or a G League deal of some sort next season or whenever he comes out. He'll play a couple, few games. But at the end of the day, the Lakers want to win, right? Like the, Especially a, the Lakers team with LeBron. They want to win a title. Now, they that's a good storyline for the first like couple games. But, I mean, it's one thing playing with your son on the park, but it's another thing when your son – if or when your son is fucking right, up, but, but we have fifteen man uh, rosters yeah. now. You could you could spend a spot like Thanasis Adetokounmpo. With all due respect, is on the Bucks roster because of of Giannis, and if he weren't, he probably I, I don't know that he'd even be on any NBA roster. You can you can burn one. You know, once upon a, in Raja's day, like there it was a twelve man roster, and there was an injured list initially, and a guy you had to manufacture an injury if a guy didn't have one to put him on the injured list, just so you wouldn't have to cut him. And then twelve became thirteen, and thirteen is now fifteen. Yeah, you you can you can you can spend a spot. Yeah. Um. What is it? Before we get out of here, and you brought up one of those points, and Adam Silver made a joke about it. What would a what would a, a LeBron James ownership do for the league? Like, how would what would you? How would that be for? I mean, it seems like. I mean, LeBron is very thirsty to be on on whatever ownership. Uh, group that owns this team he has outwardly said it also indirectly said it leaked stuff to Woads right like there's there's so many things going on here what would what would that do for a league for a guy like LeBron Raja to um, to own a franchise in Vegas as it's growing what would that do for the league ultimately you know you've 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 gone from being you know the like labor, right? It just gives it gives like their levels to this shit, right? This is their levels to everything. This is life. Like we, while LeBron and every NBA player that's come through here that's made generational wealth hooping 
um, aside from MJ, has 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 like you know succeeded in life for sure. Like there've been very few that have an opportunity to be at the ownership table. You know, that's a that's a club that 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 boys weren't let into a lot, and MJ got to sit at it. Um, but man, if LeBron could get there in a way and carry the torch that kind of MJ lit a little bit and and be successful at it. It just changes the game, Logan. Like, and it's it's a really deep conversation. I don't know that we have enough time on the pod to get into it, but just you know, from a power structure and and from where you know we've come from as as young black men to have an opportunity to to perfect the craft and become a businessman in, in the process, um, having not gone to college and figured it out and done it with your your friends in a way that all of you guys are are intelligent and thoughtful and philanthropic and successful at, at these endeavors and have that, have that kind of translate and, and, and manifest itself into you being an owner in this league. I think it would be super dope and it would be a super, you know, a, a great example for a bunch of young people, black, white, doesn't matter any color, a bunch of young people from any, you know, race or religion of what's possible. You know, like you can, you can come up through it. You can work your way to it. You can learn, you can, you can, um, you know, strategize and, and, and move in ways that get you closer to your goal. And if, and if you do that and you're committed to them, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And he wanted to own a franchise and, and he did. And so I think it would be super cool. Yeah. That'd be amazing on the, what would that do to your eyes? I'll pose the question to you, Howard, what would that do for like just the league and also just. I mean, I got to say, just even going to Vegas during this time, I definitely was impressed by what Vegas can be as a basketball sports town, right? Like, it would be interesting to see on a day-to-day basis, but, like, you have examples like the Raiders and the Aces. Um, You know, sports gambling is as big as it's ever been. There's money there. They're definitely invested in sports. What would How would a team be in Vegas in your eyes? What, what would you – what would you – what would you – clairvoyant howard how would you see it the funny thing is like that's as you know that's always been laker territory right and right it was like, laker which is another reason why this in-season tournament was so uh-huh. great as the final yeah. was so many laker fans there yeah because you didn't have to worry about oh it's a neutral site game is the energy going to be there by the way uh we didn't cover this logan were you there for the two semifinal games including the two o'clock pacific time start because on tv that one sounded dead Oh, it was the first uh, semifinals game was was dead. There were a plethora of empty seats, especially at the top. Um, so yeah, it was it, the the two o'clock game was dead, but the the Laker game that night was it was you know it was, it was popping. Right. So the stage lighting obscured the fact that all these seats were empty. So I couldn't see at home how many seats were empty. But you could just tell, like it felt like watching like a bubble game or an all star game or something. Like it was just the like the, the the energy level was just not there, and it was a absolute massive difference for the night game. But again, in part because Vegas has always been Laker territory, ton of Laker fans. You didn't have to worry about it being a neutral site game. Again, I don't know what that would have sounded like if the Lakers aren't there. Vegas is obviously primed as an expansion city. We can get into expansion and all the pros and cons some other time, but like Vegas is primed obviously as a sports town. It has grown immensely the last several years with the teams they've already got. Um, the teams that are now coming uh, looks like the A's will be there before too long. And and maybe an NBA too, too. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm no happier about it than you are. Um, 
but but it's a sport it's it's definitely a thriving young sports town right like it's it's they've made their mark they've they've established their place i think the nba would absolutely thrive there it's been the nba's unofficial home for you know over 10 years like ever since summer league became a thing um and then that you know summer league turned you know that that uh, sprouted then they were doing the g league showcase and the g league showcase is in orlando this year but the g league showcase was in vegas for several years uh, usa basketball puts you know uh, training camps there like everything like the nba has all these other tentacles that lead back to vegas so it's already been kind of their unofficial second home anyway so like it's not even that big of a leap now to imagine what the nba would look like there it'll it'll obviously I think it's an obvious success. It absolutely will be. Um, not my personal favorite place on the map. Nor but, mine. You know, that's neither here nor there. Nor Raj's, I don't think. Mine. I'm not going back. Ever? I'm not going back. I don't fucking go it. I'm not going. <laughs> it was such a it was such a touching thing to see the photo of you guys finally united in Vegas meeting for the first time. I still can't believe that's the case. It was great. Yeah, he's I shorter than I thought. Yeah, also shorter, but also taller than you thought. Because I heard Raza was like, oh, you are tall. You're fucking tall. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Mama Fuko was, that was good times too. Mama Fuko was, was good. good. Yeah, Raja, it was good. It was really good times. I, I realized that I found out that Raja is a vegetarian and it was, you know, it was, it was just interesting. He would just like move the steak. Give me the Brussels sprouts. Pass the cauliflower. Pass the cauliflower, please. Yes. Yeah. He taught Steve Nash everything he knows about his diet, by the way. That's what I found out, Howard. I did, yeah, I did not say that. But yeah, we clearly have nothing else to talk about. So that's been another. <laughs> Wait, the all-tournament team just got announced. Do you want to hear the all-tournament team? Let's hear the all-tournament team. Let's do it. Breaking news here on the Real One Spot. Breaking news at uh, 104 Eastern uh, as we tape from NBA PR. The all-tournament team for the inaugural NBA in hyphen season tournament. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis. Kevin Durant, Tyrese Halliburton, LeBron James. That sounds about right. I'll take it. I have a suggestion. Stop calling it the in-season tournament. We know what it is now. Call it Ugh. the NBA Cup. All right? This is it was yeah, Jesus. Please. God. Yeah. Why would you have a hyphen in your... Never mind. All these things. No, Sorry, hyphenate, no hyphenated names for things. Jeez. All right. That's been another edition from the Curmudgeon Pod, the Curmudgeon 3. Um, we'll see you guys on Thursday. I don't have anything else to say. Bye. Must be 21 years and older and president select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, one 800 522 or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. 
Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or visit 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.